A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan. Welcome to the DNA Airwaves. This episode is brought to you by the MPL, Toronto's and the world's modular film and audio studios. For more information, please visit the-mpl.com. Again, that's the-maplewithoutthevowels.com. This podcast is also brought to you by The DNA Project. For any and all of your live entertainment needs, please visit thednaproject.ca. Today's guest is Jared Falk. Jared is a professional drummer, educator, and CEO of Drumio. Drumio is an incredible drumming resource tool that's completely changed the way people from all over the world learn how to play the drums. We had a really interesting conversation about entrepreneurship, education, music, passion, and everything in between. I know you're going to like this one. Stay tuned. This is the DNA Airwaves. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Good, good. Great. Good, good. Matt, you never answer. Good. I. Oh, I was muted. I'm good. Oh, that's why. Okay. I'm saying all these things and everybody's ignoring me, and I just felt like that's just how we are, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's just the thing. Man, I'm excited. We have with us a pretty, pretty interesting gentleman today. Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing great, you guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm excited. Like I said before we started, I've never done one of these with three other people on the call, so I hope to have some like good conversations today and see where this goes. It'd no be pressure. pretty sad if we didn't with three of us here. <laughs> I know, right? Hi, guys. <laughs> if it's still bombed, yeah, then yeah. maybe we should restructure the show or something. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> Yeah. Let me write that down. Man, so it's uh we've I think we've all been following your career path for a while and there are definitely a lot of things that we're going to get into. But um I guess just for those who don't know, maybe just give us a kind of a overview of how you started. Yeah, so as a drummer, but you can fill us yeah, in. Yeah, well, as a dr- as a drummer I started when I was 15. Um okay. I'm more I guess I'm I'm not known as much for drumming as much as I am known for like building Drumio and Musora and, and Piano and Singio and our our education platforms. Yeah. Um, but I still play. Like my drum sets right behind me. I play yeah. pretty much every day. Um, nice. For me, it's it's been like I would play drums whether I did was in the industry or not. It was one right, of these things right. that I'm just addicted. I'm just addicted to music, and yeah. uh, I think it's. It's like a universal language, and it's one of these things where I think everyone should should have music in their life in some way or another. Yeah, but sure. um, <clears throat> in 2003, I put up a video. We started putting up videos online. And the, the way I always frame that with people is like it's before Facebook. 
before, like, what are we on here? We're on some Riverside software that's doing this incredible, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> mixing of what we're doing. Yeah. But when, when we started putting videos online, it was like, there was, it, there's nothing. So it was really, yeah. really hard, actually. Um, but so from there, we went to DVDs. From DVDs, we, we launched, like, membership platforms. So kind of like Netflix for drum lessons, Netflix for piano. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And... Um, yeah, and now we're uh, we're you know we're hosting great artists from all over the world when when travel allows, and yeah. I've built a, a a team. We have around eighty to ninety people working at Musora now, and uh, I, yeah, I always tell people I'm kind of like an accidental CEO. Like I never really planned <laughs> to to build this, but right. it just keeps growing, and I just keep working my butt off, and good things happen. At what point did you realize Drumio was kind of taking off? At what year did you think that you really had to like take this seriously and kind of fall into that CEO role? Yeah, I, I guess we had a drummer out named um, Larnell Lewis. Larnell plays yeah. uh, with Snarky, like before he started playing with Snarky Puppy. Yeah, and I remember he when he came to the studio. Our studio was in this like in the farmland <laughs> farmland area. Sorry, my my voice is going bad, but. It was like out in the farmland, and <clears throat> Larnell's like six foot six. Yeah, this huge dude. Yeah, I remember when he gets out of the back of the car, just kind of like unfolds himself, <laughs> and then he comes in and he he does the session, and it just goes like, there's just this magic in the studio yeah, um, course, with yeah. him there, and and I remember sitting there, just being like, this is really amazing content and inspirational content for for drummers, yeah. and I remember thinking, for for us, it's all about. People watching something, they, they do like a digital interaction, mm-hmm. but they have to make a physical action themselves. So gotcha. I want to keep people on the instrument. And so I love content that I watch and I have to run to play drums right afterwards. Right. And that right. video with Larnell, we had Sonny Emery out. He played with Earth, Wind and & Fire and, and, and Bette Midler. We had mm-hmm. a guy named Thomas Pridgen out, Michael Schack. All mm-hmm. these early, early Drumio guests really helped to kind of set the stage and the tone for um for now what we do you know in other instruments as well yeah that makes sense um what you're you're kind of understating the importance of what you did i would say because when i was a young drummer uh you know in the in the late 90s when i was like uh between the ages of of 10 and 9 and 12 um I lived like everybody else did. We didn't have, drums weren't really something that kids were allowed to play too much, not because my parents didn't want me to, but because uh, it was loud and we lived in a a small apartment. And in those Mm. days, to learn, uh, there were no teachers in our town. And I had to go on uh, a bus, sometimes two buses, back when kids were allowed to ride buses at those ages alone. And I had to walk up through our downtown, in quotations, and then walk through a mall and then cross a bridge over a major road and then go into the (laughs) musical center. I just I just went back and did a bit of a pilgrimage with the same walk. And then I would get 30 to 45 minutes with the teacher. Then I had to do all of that travel back. And then I couldn't yeah. practice. I had to just sit there and think about it. And then if I wanted to go practice, uh, my parents paid for, for me to just use the room. And I would, again, have to take that ride and go there. And if you wanted to learn something new, not just from your teacher, 
you would just have to sort of hope to meet another drummer and be like, wait, what are paradiddle diddles? Please tell me. Yeah. And uh, it, it just watching kids online now playing like 10 year olds, 12 year olds that just tear any of us a new one. It's, it's because of you. Right. It's because of what you did and other contemporaries did for other instruments where you said that basically knowledge is for everyone. And now that we have the Internet, we can just share it and you can just see an explosion of musicianship that was just not possible before, especially at earlier ages. So I want to personally thank you for that and just um, oh, thanks, explain to, to the rest of the listeners who are not musicians how, how important that is and how accessible you make music education Absolutely. to the whole world. For sure. Yeah, yeah you know, I, at the time, I, I never was thinking of it like that. I always had super supportive parents and, you know, my parents... They, they got, I had great private teachers, like probably 10 different private teachers in the first while. So I'm not against nice. private instruction. I wasn't like, let's take down private teachers. I want right. to crush them. <laughs> you know, it was never like that. It was more like, I'm sick of paying $50 for a freaking DVD mm. of, of a drummer shredding. You know, I want yeah. to try and get this information out there using modern technology. Like you, when YouTube came out, like we were on YouTube in 2006. Yeah. Um, you know, we started well, our yeah. first channels there. Not, Early you know, so I was on Facebook, I think, earlier than that or at that time. So for me, it's just like using technology to to connect with students and help them to get inspired to stay on the instrument. You know, that's that's what that's what it is. And um, but that's really cool to hear that, Matt, that that uh, I'm sure you've heard stories like your that from all well. over the world. Oh, for sure. Like, especially like a lot of people don't have access to a private teacher. You know, they, yeah. there's none in the area or they don't have it. They don't have enough money because it's like 50 bucks an hour or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so do you guys, even, did you guys take private lessons? All, all of you? I did. I think we all yeah. did. I didn't take for drum. I didn't. Well, I took private lessons, but not for drums. Well, for okay. I uh, I yeah, remember when when Sarah oh, Thower was here. We were... two, I, I can't okay. hear everybody oh. at the same time. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> piano. My bad. Is, my bad. Yeah, yeah. The great thing is, I mean, we always hear these delays, but then when you when we when we listen back, it's fine. So we, uh, yeah. we spend more time worrying about the weirdness that happens. Then. <laughs> and you know, so now I just explained a little bit of our. Uh, this Magic. is how it goes. We should have a live audience to hear the delays with us at some point too. That'd be cool. Yeah, just to attest that we're not just being weird. I one thing about teachers is that we had Sarah Thower here, and she was telling us. I'm sure she told you the same thing. That one teacher is just not enough. Mm. You, it, it, her opinion is, and I kind of have to agree with her. She's like, I I can't just do a teacher because. There's so yeah. much to know, and if you stick to one teacher, you start kind of playing too much like them, or almost like a parody of them in a way. So, again, y you bringing together, uh, you know, the the sum of the world's greatest teachers into one place mm -hmm. really yeah. changes the musicians that are out in the world right now. Great point. Yeah. And that's pr perspective, right? And so we are, one of our taglines used to be like an army of drum instructors, you know, to give mm. you perspective on everything you ever want to know uh, about drumming. And I think, but that's more of a lesson, like for, just for life in general. You know, when you're, f when you're too narrowed in on one perspective, fitting whatever confirmation bias you have, like we're seeing that now in this huge division in, in the entire world with what's going on. Um, 
And it's because people just aren't, are, don't have empathy for others, aren't willing to research others' per- perspective and, and you know, walk in their shoes a little bit. And so yeah. that's what I think different teachers allow us to do. It's like music doesn't discriminate at all. You know, yeah, music true. is it's all cultures, all different types of people can experience mm-hmm. music. Yeah. You know, so I think it's really important that, that um, we as musicians, like, are accepting of all different types of people in all cultures and study all of those because I think then so we're going to get the best music as a result of that. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Um, it's interesting because you mentioned um, you wear a couple different hats, the musician, the teacher, the businessman, which kind of you said you stumbled upon. I mean, it kind of just happened um, in a major <laughs> way, actually. But how did you start to transition from... I guess drummer to teacher, but more so teacher to businessman and kind of this explosion of online resources that you have built. Yeah. Well, so, I, my, my first business um, was in grade six or seven. I used to play hockey, and so I would change rollerblade wheels for my friends, and I would t- you know turn them and, and put on, so I was like charging yeah. for that. And, yeah. and, then, uh, and then I sold hockey cards online. There's these old news groups. I think it was the Yahoo news groups. And so I was flipping hockey carts online. Yeah. And my dad, my dad had a construction company. My dad and my grandpa were like huge inspirations for me yeah, from, yeah. from a business perspective. You know, they're entrepreneurs. And so they taught me a lot about you know, what it means to do that, especially right. from an operational point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, I would yeah. say my grandpa's name was Abe and I have this thing called Be Abe. Um, and it's like he would he would put on a suit he'd yep. be doing his sales pitches and then he'd put on his coveralls and go unload a truck and then he would right. take off the suit go back into the boardroom and I love that you know that idea of like getting your hands dirty but then For also sure. understanding the entire business yeah. and so yeah so I started selling hockey cards then I uh, learned eBay in 1999 and started flipping stuff on eBay, flipped vehicles for a while, like wow. like not flipped them, flipped them, but actually like bought them and <laughs> sold yeah. them for more. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I mean, so, so from there, it's like, I always was interested in business, but okay. um, mm. it really came, it really all, all kind of came to a head probably in the past like two or three years when I realized I'm my time is more valuable to be spent on making sure my team is really, really well supported because I cannot do all the work anymore. Right. And it, it had this realization where it's like my, I have to compound my efforts in a different way. I have to work and change the way I operate. Uh, it's not just about me filming videos anymore. I have to make sure I give my team the best tools and resources to, to be creative and film the best content possible. Otherwise, the content is going to start turning out really crappy. You know, it's not right. going to be that good anymore. So we've struggled, you know, with that over this past like two or three years. But we're we're like kind of getting re- really uh, it good at it right now. Yeah. Uh, my team is just amazing. We're building out some really good processes and systems that aren't like causing too much friction. You know, cor- mm. becoming corporate kind of sucks. Yeah, you know, I don't sure like right. <laughs> corporatey stuff. Oh, you have to fill out this form to buy a five dollar pack of pencils. It's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's annoying from a creative yeah. person's point of view, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, what's your guys' background? Are you are you full time musicians or in in media? I, like I said, I don't know much about you guys, but yeah, yeah. 
That's, I mean, it's a good question. We haven't been asked that before, so yeah. you might not be the only one with that, with that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good point. What's, what's, yeah. <laughs> You're obviously entrepreneurial to some extent doing a podcast like this and, and mm-hmm. uh, True. you know, you understand like providing value for an audience. I don't, I don't think you charge for this podcast, right? So you're doing this for free. Oh, you'll get the bill people. eventually. <laughs> check your email right now <laughs> no no that's great that's great um we're gonna call this segment of the show get to know us and uh <laughs> so myself i've been a musician for a long time i play bass um a couple of their instruments but bass is my main thing Cool. And I started a company called The DNA Project. And what we do mm. is we book musicians. So just providing work for musicians, artists. We started off mainly for corporate work, corporate and weddings. And um, it's grown to, I mean, we do artist work. We back artists. And everything music related has kind of been, or I should say live music has, live music mm. related has kind of been our thing in a nutshell. Cool. We should we should talk because I'm we uh, in the in the midst of yeah we well we are I guess but um, it, we're in the midst of like booking our 2020 uh, 2022 is it 2021 or 20 I'm so it's 21 right now it's 21 I put 2020 on a form yesterday it's not yeah that year is forever yeah right but yeah we're we're in the midst of booking our next year's artists so I'm sure you have connections to some some great artists that. Yeah, we should chat after this, and uh, I'll connect you with um, our our content team, and they can let you know what we're looking for, and maybe we can find something there. But that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so um, along with helping Anthony at the DNA Project, uh, me and Matt have a film and audio studio called the MPL, which I'm actually at right now. Oh, nice. And Matt's on the other side. Yeah, Yeah, Matt's over there. So we're in two separate rooms doing this virtually, and we kind of partnered cool. up and has started this uh, audio and film studio where we film and do great music with a lot of bunch of bands. Matt's also a, an engineer. I'll let Matt tell his story. But, yeah, entrepreneur slash vocalist are my hats. Awesome. I am Matt, and this is my story. Um, <laughs> yeah, <he's here. laughs> uh, yeah, we just, uh, I think... Um, ADD kind of uh, trailblazed this sort of thing. I, I was always interested in music, but also in film and also in photography and also in, mm. you know, this and that. And even though I, I love them all, I kind of, I, I shouldn't say bored, but I get antsy just doing one thing. So I ended up coming up with a, with a sort of multi-studios under one roof kind of situation. And then I needed... Uh, a pro's help to get this actually working. So Dariki and I are working together and we built something beautiful. Um, so that's that's who we are and that's what we do. And and we're, we also have a sweet spot for drums because, you know, that's where I started. And Dariki picks up drums like no one I've ever seen before. And he's yeah. ambidextrous mm. and he just Strong switches guy. between left and right like it's not a big <laughs> deal at all. <laughs> yeah, you know those people? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. How we oh, what's this instrument? MRI. Yeah, I've never played this instrument before. Is it really natural? If you've been watching Drumio videos for the last two years. On this is true. Yeah, it's not it's that natural. Subconscious stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You can watch in. all the videos every, and uh, I still. Well, now maybe I can after decades of practice. But just switching your hands and continuing to play the same rhythm is not mm. something that just comes natural. Yeah. It doesn't come natural, unless you're Dariki. Sure. 
Um, yeah. Well, now <laughs> that you know who we are, let's talk about what we have in common. You kind of gave uh, up, showed some of your cards when you mentioned hockey. Um, you're Canadian. You're in Canada. And yeah, I'm in British Columbia. Yeah, so people sometimes don't realize that because most Canadians in major cities are chameleons, are American chameleons, basically, and you can't tell from our accent or from the content we make that we're actually up in Canada. And I'm wondering if you could shed some, shed some light uh, onto why, because I, would arg- I wouldn't even argue, I would just state that Drumeo is the biggest of its kind in the world. Right, it's the biggest it's hub be, for right? yeah. drummers. Why do you think that happened in Canada and not in the States or in the UK or in Australia and any of the other bigger English-speaking, far-reaching countries? Why? Why did that happen? Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Jeez, what? man, that's, that's a huge question. question Why did that asked, happen? <laughs> Why? Why here? I don't know. I- I feel like I can answer most questions, but I'm not sure I can answer that one. Why, oh, why here? Them. Well, that's huge. Well, man. I don't. Mm, it's a great question. I can't. I don't know why. Because you know, we're Canadian. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I, I think like you know that the, I, we kind of live like live in Canada. We we're under Canada's jurisdiction, set of laws, and all this kind of stuff. We have to mm-hmm. operate within that, and mm-hmm. and the Canadian government and in general is really supportive of tech and media. Mm. Um, right. mm. Not that we're getting like, tons of money or anything from them, but yeah. uh, they seem to build and uh, are, are fostering a culture of people um, learning these types of skill sets, like like mm. like the coding, software development, and um, like when I put a job ad out for a media person, like a video editor, audio engineer, like we get lots of applicants. There's lots yeah. of available work. I know other mm. people are struggling to find workers now. Like we're we're in a really good spot. Like there's lots of of, of people looking to do For what sure. we're doing, so yeah, yeah. so maybe there's that. Um, maybe we like like I would say for the first ten plus years, it was literally just trying not to go bankrupt. You know, I yeah. I, I went almost went bankrupt multiple times. Right, so I right. don't I, I don't. That's why I, there's a lot of luck that comes with it. The timing mm-hmm. that we got in with, sure. um, when in 2008 when the the financial crisis happened. I yeah. was expecting business to drop, but I it didn't because mm. I found in in hard economic times, people actually look for these lower cost solutions, and right. we had sure. that at yeah. the time, you know. Yeah. Whereas other people ha- were maybe focusing on trying to build it, yeah. we mm-hmm. already had it. When COVID happened, I was you know sitting on my couch drinking some whiskey, being like, "Oh my goodness, my business is over." It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, like we 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 had a bit of a COVID bump. Uh, nice. Uh, because of everything, yeah. It's, and it's it kind of feels weird because like other people yeah. are really struggling. So yeah. But you know, we're trying to be good stewards of of the the luck that we got along the way, and the, you know, things that were outside of our control. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but I don't know why we're the best, Matt, or the, or the biggest. I'm not saying best, the biggest. <laughs> I'd say the best too. I'm Thanks. Say the best you, say the best. Thank you. you say the best. He can't yeah, say the best. Quote us on that one. It's it's just an interesting phenomenon with with especially Vancouver and Toronto, where so many things to to all of our listeners around the world that seem American on face value were actually made in Canada, you know, mm. recorded, filmed, conceptualized, edited, 
and uh, it's it's nice. I think we all got really lucky to be in this country, uh, and to be right next to the states. I think that injects a lot of culture and idea For and sure. money into what we all do, and I think that's a great position to be in. So look out whenever you you like something out there, folks. Look it up and see if it's Canadian because it might very well be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're tricks. My dad always, my dad always says I was born in the in the Lucky Sperm Club, because you know I'm born in Canada, <laughs> born in Canada, great parents. You know, not a lot of like hardships growing up. Like I was very lucky. I didn't get to choose that. You know, Lucky Sperm <laughs> Club. I'm using that one. Oh man. Do you I guys have that type of conversation is loud. Hey, I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> we we have far more oh, sperm man. conversations than we expected on this podcast. That's that. Okay, that's good. That's the first. That's good. We haven't had any lucky sperm. I always oh, love the man. moments where Anthony kind of just looks away and he's like, I'm going to wait till things calm down. <laughs> Edit. Edit point. <laughs> yeah, I, wrote it down. I wrote it down right there. Lucky sperm. I'm taking notes. This is, uh, <laughs> taking genius, notes. <laughs> genius leaves clues, so I'm not going to discriminate so right here. I'm writing it down. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> Jared, I have a question for you. I know we're going to talk about a, a, some more music things, but being a musician and you mentioned kind of the learning curve and having to make adjustments to the business side of things, being mm -hmm. a teacher and understanding the value in, in learning and teaching, have you had any coaching or any business teaching, anything along the way as, you've, as your business has grown? Any mentors yes. maybe? Okay. Yeah. So um, my, I, I started this with a guy named Rick Kettner. He was my business partner. He's since, we've since parted ways. We're still good friends. Um, but he was <clears throat> really influential in the early days in that he dropped out of high school when he was 15. He went to work for Palm in Texas, you know, the old Palm pilots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so he was part of that. And, and so he was one who really kind of figured out how to put videos online in 2003, how to... You know, we sold videos where the links would expire after 24 hours because we didn't want people to have just a link to download the content right. anytime. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so he figured that out and he did a lot of the editing and stuff like that in the early days, as well as he was really fun to jam with just on business stuff like uh, business theory, talking about what, way, like, what we're going to do next, what projects we're going to tackle, how we're going to fund it, all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, my dad and my grandpa were huge. Um, but my, probably one of the best things I ever did was I got um, I got a private business coach around 2016, maybe? I think it was 2016. Okay. Um, it was expensive. Uh, it was a guy named Naksh Kochar. Uh, he's actually out in S Saskatchewan. And he runs his own business as well. He used to work for um, Hitachi in Japan, I, I believe, where right. he was okay. like part, high, high up in finance. Yeah. And so when he came in, he's like, Okay, where's your budget? I'm like, I don't do budgets, man. I, I don't right. do budgets. I, I just run this thing. Like it's, you know, yeah, I just yeah, decide yeah. what I'm gonna do. He's like, you need a budget. You know, you need a budget. You need to know where your money's going. You need to forecast how much you're gonna spend, how much you're gonna make, so you could accurately make decisions. You know, because right. so much sure. at at this level is decision making, right? Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll just get Slack messages, maybe 50 Slack messages a day, and 50 or 100 emails, bunch of texts, and they're all related to making a decision. And right. so I need to, like, have that data to make the best decisions. Um, Absolutely. So he, 
he helped me formalize the business in that way, you know, make sure I had um, my finances really, really like locked in yeah. and then make sure I had things set up from a process point of view. You know, anything happening multiple times within the business should have a process related to it. Mm. Um, just because then when someone quits or someone leaves, there's someone else can come in and fulfill that business need yeah. right. as opposed to it just pulling the rug out from underneath me. Yeah. Um, so that, so that was, the, the, he was really, really helpful. And I did one session with him every two or three weeks for probably six months, you know, and it was like, a th I think it was like a thousand dollars a session. It was not cheap. He is not cheap, yeah, right, right, <laughs> but right. Uh, honestly, it's worth, it was probably worth double or triple. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, okay. but, um, <laughs> Are you saying he's not a listener? <laughs> I don't know. Again, there, man, but, one province at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you can get a private business coach, uh, another thing um, out in Toronto, there's this company called Strategic Coach, which is run by a guy named Dan Sullivan. That's in Toronto, um, it, sir. Yeah, okay. super brilliant uh, business mind, a futurist along the lines of Ray Kurzweil, and and um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but. Very, very forward thinking and, and yeah. really challenges you to think differently um, and change your, change your mindset. And so Dan Sullivan and his group, a strategic coach, was big. And then I also did something um, with this company called um, McKay CEO Forums. And okay. that was where I would go and I would meet once every six weeks with 10 to 12 other um, CE-level people and we'd sit in a room and we'd basically just like air our, air our grievances and talk about right. what challenges we're having. Yeah. And we would get feedback from the group in the form of shared experiences. It was never advice, because advice is something that's someone's opinion, whereas yeah. shared experiences is this is what happened to me and this is what I did and this was it's the result. And it's yeah, similar to what yeah. you're doing and that's why I think it'll help you. Um, and it also right. helped me with professional development. Like I had to present every single time. I had to yeah. present within five minutes and there was a timer mm. there. So I learned some of those skills yeah. um, when it comes to like running a company at, at uh, this level and how to scale the company. Yeah, yeah. So I had to keep like leveling myself up, otherwise the company is gonna go like this and I'm gonna be down here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? right. I have right. to keep up with the company. The company is going faster than me right Good now. Point. Yeah. Good point. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Keep up with the company. It's a great story and I'm, I'm enjoying watching it. Um, and that was super helpful because, I mean, we're a music um, podcast, we're all musicians, but we're also businessmen, so I'm sure there's yeah. others like us listening, and that's super valuable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to some drum stuff. What do you got, man? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say drum stuff, and this is, I, I ask all the hard-hitting questions, so please, uh, you know, <laughs> so, just sorry, uh, sorry. be right. Um, you get to work with and listen to the opinions and music of the top players in the world as mm -hmm. a drummer yourself that must be soul crushing at times because i know it is for me um <laughs> more, more so it's inspiring and great but you are surrounded by amazing drummers all of the time what what is that like how often do you just go home and get into the shower with your clothes on and just think like <laughs> oh what i had goals and i would never be like i don't know larnell right 
or Pritchett yeah. or, 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 or anybody else, how, on, a, on a personal level, if you want to speak to that, what, what is that like? Because there's that saying, if you're the smartest or the most skilled person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And mm-hmm. you're very, yeah, yeah. very often in a room with very, very skilled people. So can you just speak to us about that a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's intimidating to, to be in a room with someone like that that can play at that level. And they have this confidence about them. Like Larnell, he's got this, he's the nicest person ever, but he has this yeah. confidence about him. Like, it's, man, he's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so if he said, oh, why don't you sit down and play? I'd be like, uh, how about no? Right. And that's right. where I'd go home and, in the shower with all my clothes on. <laughs> right. Uh, Is this a but, thing? Should I try that? <laughs> you should try it. It's yeah, great because then it gets like all, all like moist around you and stuff. Ooh, and yeah. I would recommend nice. I would recommend it when you're in the ocean, but then it pulls you down. So the shower is the next best place to right. get what with your clothes. Yeah. Got you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, for for me, I've always like drumming was a hobby. Um, like I went on tour, and I decided I'm not really cut out for the road. You know, I have two boys here. I, I like being home every night. <clears throat> so for me, like. Drumming is my hobby. It's my passion. I love doing it. I would do it whether I did my business or not. I play every day, <clears throat> but it's not necessarily like I don't look at myself always in comparison to them. I don't think it's helpful. Um, sure, sure. I look to them for inspiration and guidance and motivation and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it doesn't like seeing an amazing drummer doesn't demotivate me or it doesn't make me feel bad like I'm not doing enough. Um, yeah, it just doesn't have that effect. I know other people like say, "Well, I'm going to quit drums." They see like a ten year old drummer just like shredding. Like that was my follow up question. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember seeing the Tony Royster Jr. video when I was yeah. younger. Yeah, uh, mm. you know, and that was like when the was first 12. kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just like doing this thing on the cymbals yeah, and those yeah, double yeah, kicks. Yeah. That oh, that ruined. You know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember having to- Tony out <clears throat> the first time he came out. I was so nervous, um, and and, uh, and he is quite kind of an intimidating guy. You know, he's quiet. Um, he's been he's been um, since he was a young kid. You know, people have been kind of trying to exploit his talents in some ways. So I think mm. he's kind of guarded that way, which is totally understandable. Yeah. But he's just the nicest guy. Once you get to know him, he just like likes playing video games and, and hanging out. You know, it's it's just like like a lot of us, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I don't I don't really look at the. The, the you know back to your question, Matt. I don't really look at stuff and like I just I for me it's just inspiration, it's motivation, and um, I look at it as a positive. But it doesn't make me want to quit. You know, mm. I'm just a, I'm a hobby drummer. That's what I am. Yeah, I, right. I know like I'm never gonna be like Tony Royster. You right, can hear me right. play. Like uh, my my playing is fine. I can go fast. I can do some good things. But <laughs> oh, it's I great. Don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Sa- <laughs> I don't have that same like level of. Nobody uh, natural talent as someone like Larnell. Like, come on, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's one of the best in the world. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy when you could play your face off, but then when you benchmark next to Larnell or someone on his level, then it's just like you yeah. become very modest. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it just yeah. feels like you're you're a different. When you see someone like that, it just feels like you're just a different model of human being. And there's just like a maximum amount you can rev before all the wheels fall off, right? Absolutely. There's levels for sure. There's always levels. Yeah. There's tears, uh, right? In sports, there's tears. And in in drums, there's tears. And it is just what it is. Like some people have a better work ethic towards that specific goal as well as better natural 
um, abilities, you know? Yeah, so, so pair true. those together, and they're, they're unstoppable. Sky's the Good point. Yeah. Are there any drummers out there that you're still, like, dying to try and get on the Drumio platform? Yes. <clears throat> Steve Gadd. Vinny Kaluta. Uh, I'd love to have Dave Wackel on. Mm. Um, love to have Aaron Spears on. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. I could keep going. We have a list of 150. Oh, really? Is that the Wackel stick? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says, oh, you're going to run out of drummers. It's like, no, we're not going to run out of drummers. Yeah, you have a long list right there. Right? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, Stuart Copeland, Ringo Starr. Mm. You know, there's just like the, oh. the list just goes on and on of... of Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, uh, Dave Grohl, uh, Steve Jordan. Awesome. St Steve Jordan's one of the top, one of my tops. I love. That's John that Mayer's one. John Mayer's drummer. Yeah, and and yeah. he before Charlie Watts passed um, a couple days ago. You know, yeah, rest in terrible. Peace. Um, peace, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, Steve Jordan was set to go on tour, and it probably is still going on tour with the Stones. So Ooh. he works wow. with Mick Jagger on some, uh, like he produces some of his stuff. Huge. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, you've yeah. just m made a, a comparison to sports, between music and sports, and mm -hmm. it, it is very accurate in, in many different aspects. But also, music is not at all a sport. And is it, it, it tends to sometimes, especially in classical music, but also in contemporary music, there's lots of competition where creativity is not really something like that. Is that something that you experience, that competitive edge where it shouldn't be? And do you have any advice about that for people that feel competitive? Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially students, because that's what I'm most familiar with, a lot of students will, will look at music and they want to quantify their progress in some way, right? Okay, I was this good and now I'm this good. Right. And they want to really feel like they're ma they're making, you know, the, with all the time they're spending, they're, they're making progress. And we always have to tell them it's not really like that, I guess. Like, there are some elements of it, especially in drums where it's very physical. Like right now I'm working on a, a pack about how to build speed. And I'm going to tell people at the outset, this is not about music. We're not right. talking about music here. You want to go yeah, fast? Yeah. This is just a tool. This is a hammer in your tool belt. But it's it's like you have to, in your mind, craft the house and design what you're going to do with that hammer, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people will look at look at certain elements of um, learning the guitar, like how to how fast they can shred on the guitar, or how fast yeah. they can play slap bass, or doing runs on on the keyboard, right? Yeah. And they look at that as some benchmark to how good they are, and it's at music. And it's just not. That's how good you can have developed that tool. Has right. no relation to, to music. Yeah. You know. Sure. And so, yeah, music is the end goal, and we we help our students to develop the tools to kind of um, create that end goal. But yeah, yeah. it's up to them to really and their creativity to come up with something unique. We can't teach them necessarily how to. If I could teach someone how to write a hit song, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I have tons of students yeah, writing yeah, hit songs. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, can you maybe take that just a little bit further? What would you, how would you define the qualities necessary um, to be a good musician, as far as musicianship goes? Mm. <clears throat> I think you have to be a really, really good listener, at first and foremost. And just like having a conversation with someone, you know, mu music is the universal language. You're conversing with people. So it's about ha being able to have a conversation, knowing when to speak, 
knowing yeah. when to get louder, knowing when to get quieter. Yeah. Um, and then also reacting. You need to be able to react in the moment um, with someone else. So as things change, you know, it's just like in this conversation, maybe there's a delay or something. Yeah, We're yeah. changing. We're yeah. adjusting, right? <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Music is that way too. So if you're listening and you're able to react on the fly, um, that's really, really helpful. Uh, in, in, the, in the realm of drumming, I think it's good to be somewhat versatile. You know, know some different styles or feels. So not just be... Um, like a lot of people just learn the basic grooves or whatever, but they don't yeah. ever, ever explore different styles. <clears throat> and I think it's important to do that. You know, it's, it's look, at, look at other cultures of music and, and okay. see what they're doing and how you can relate that to yours. Um, but yeah, I, th I think listening is the ultimate. It's the number one thing that I hear I from every famous drummer that has come through yeah. is they say, you must listen to music and a lot of it if you want yeah. to become a well-rounded musician. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. If you weren't doing cool. Drumia, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd probably be in real estate or something. <laughs> real estate, eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in, in grade four, I said, uh, in grade four, I wrote on my thing, I wanted to be a real estate agent. <laughs> and so, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't good. imagine really doing different stuff. Um, yeah. But that's what I said to Dave the other day. Dave was uh, one of the partners at Missouri. He's like, I'm like, what would we do if this goes belly up? Right. I don't know. I'd have to go like apply for jobs somewhere and figure it out. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, what, what would like you guys do? That's Cry in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do? Cry in the shower. Me and Daruki both had a bit of a background in computer programming. Yeah, I worked at. Would you I go worked back? at. I would absolutely. Never I, I would. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. But if I had to, had to, that's my skill set is IT. So I'd probably fall back into some type of IT okay. role. But I would absolutely hate it. I hated it when I was doing it, and I'll hate it if I have to go back. But I can do it. So <laughs> maybe yeah, fitness, something I'd, fitness yeah. related. Fit. Oh yeah, you. I was uh, answering for you, by the way, Matt. I, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. That's that's my plan G. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking some sort of project management, preferably in uh, something creative, maybe in film. Um, there, there's just so much to hold together when it comes to creating something artistic together. Uh, I think that's yeah. why I enjoy being a producer because you just take all mm. these things and mash them into one record. So probably something that uh, makes me do that. And if not, then sales because I think I'm a pretty good salesman. Speaking of sales, <laughs> not at all. Um, I, uh, I just want to talk about technology and how it changes uh, music, which is something that people are either in denial about when it comes to auto-tune or just don't really think about. It. And I remember watching uh, old Genesis performances and watching Phil Collins play and thinking to myself, nothing really changed in drum technology, right? It's like his cymbals don't have any names on them, but they're still flat pieces of metal and it's still multiply wood and it's still plastic skins and drums are just stuck as they are. And obviously I was wrong. And I think one of the biggest examples that I can think of is that when I was learning to play, it was very important to play as on time as possible. And now there's this whole movement of drummers who play intentionally they they have their kick sort of flam after 
the hi-hat and the same with the snare and it's sort of very almost drunken and at first i it it sounds cool and i was trying to understand what happened where did this come from and then i i realized that it came probably from um when when uh, sections of music started to be looped for hip-hop and for electronic music and that loop would be of a real drummer and it would lag a little bit and so you'd have songs that have slight lag or or slight acceleration in the drums like the loop would be cut too short or too long and that inspired real drummers to to intentionally tastefully play out of time do you see Mm. where else do you see technology changing how people play how people think about music and what people enjoy about music yeah, well, that's a great that's a great point. And Dur- Duru Jones is great, is amazing at that. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. heard him play, but yeah. he's been on Drumio. But mm, yeah. I think like uh, I did one album once. The guy brought in like a, uh, a whole like ten songs, and each one was uh, computer drumming. And he wanted to recreate that mm. with acoustic drums, right. and it was really challenging. Like it forced me to play patterns that I hadn't even thought of because it's a mm. it's a songwriter creating drum parts who's not a drummer right and so you get this weird stuff right and we were looking at this tool there's this tool called e-rhythm and e-rhythm it's allows you to add uh specific sounds on and and just with a a mouse or your your finger create these grooves that sound awesome and so as technology shifts i think it's the demand on acoustic drummers is going to continue to get stronger you know we're going to be think so yeah, wow. I think we're going to be expected to keep up and to be inspired and shift with some of that because there's there's something to be said for having the energy of a person on stage creating that part in real time. Yeah. They didn't necessarily have to create the part in the studio because no one really sees that. But when that True. person goes to to um, to play a gig, it's nice to have a drummer on stage playing those parts, recreating them. I agree. I yeah, sure. that's interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it, are you saying? that it's going to be limited to live because uh, a lot of bands, and this is in, in no way something negative, I like the way it sounds, but there are bands that used to have traditional drummers like Coldplay, like Maroon 5, like a bazillion more, that if you listen to their mm-hmm. records now, it's all very creative uh, samples and drum machines and all kinds of tinkery bells and stuff. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that transition where in the studio very often studio records don't have straight up a drum set. Uh, do you, yeah. s- you still think their, their primary, pr- primary role would be to recreate that on acoustic drums live? Or how do you see that going? Yeah, like we just had um, Mike Sleeth out. Mike Sleeth plays with Sean Mendes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Sean's stuff is, is programmed. Also um, and we talked a, lo- a lot about the integration of triggers and electronics. And we put a lesson out on Drumio. Uh, the YouTube channel about how he does this within all these songs and how he recreates the sounds live. And so he's one of these guys where, yeah, he doesn't do any of the studio stuff as far as I know. He might do a little bit, but, you know, that's all done with with programming. And then his job is to recreate that energy and that sound live on the stage so they could do that in in a more band setting. yeah, did I answer your question, or did I just kind of go off on another tangent well, there? You, you, no, you, you totally answered my question. I just have sort of more to the question, because much like yourself, I tried the whole touring thing, 
and realize mm-hmm. that it's not it, it's too demanding and it just it, some people love it for me it felt like my soul was being sucked away you know it was just <laughs> yeah. uh, hotels and and uh you know even meeting fans it's like i just want to go to sleep this is too much like <laughs> so it, it, for people like that like me and you who probably won't go on long tours anymore are we like what's our role in the studio then well you you when it comes from a drummer's perspective mm-hmm. i think your goal is similar to what it was before establish the foundation of the song with uh, the the rhythms that you choose to integrate in that and i would say as a, the modern musician there is going to be a, a requirement to have an understanding of electronics and mm-hmm, how to create yes. beats and things like that. It's really important. To be honest, I haven't went that route uh, much <laughs> because most of what I do is not, it doesn't necessarily require that. Or right. if I need that, I can find someone who's much better at it. Like we have a guy named Michael Shack who does drumming stuff. He's, he plays with Netsky and he does like lots of um, DJ shows where it's just him and a DJ on stage and he's the drummer. Please tell me and his so, business is called the Drum Shack. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. But... But yeah, there's there's like definitely a need for that, and I think the modern musician, the modern drummer especially, is going to have the requirements to have that understanding and knowledge. And if you don't, you could just lose gigs because of it. Like if you can't run Ableton or don't understand Ableton, if you can't run triggers, if you don't know how to play with loops or play with the metronome live, if you don't know how to recreate um, a, like a like a, a hip hop beat, like you were talking about, like drunk drumming style, um, if you're not willing to do that, then you're probably not going to be part of the future. Uh, in in ah, that regard. Willing. Yeah. You just said a beautiful word there. If you're not willing. Yeah. willing. Why <laughs> do people have such friction with change in the music world? If if do you think not, people just do you think it, we we all just get to 17 and then we just love what we loved at 17 and then we're done or what <laughs> is this something that um, music creators can help people transition into, or is it, or is the onus on the listeners to, and and performers to be willing to make those changes? Well, drummers are notoriously a little bit slow at adopting change. That's why, if you look at the drum company, if you look at the, the models that are, are used by the industry in general, they're archaic models when it comes to distribution, when it comes to how how the businesses are run. They have not adopted. Um, new and best practices. And so they're very, very slow. And I think that from the drum industry specifically, that's to do with this, the amount of new drummers being created and the amount of overall investment that's going there. We're not attracting always the best talented and the most forward-thinking people. And we have a lot of uh, people, legacy staff members that have been in the industry for a long time that don't like change. And so mm. I, I don't know why people don't like change, um, I can have I can give some guesses, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I think everyone's used to, when they're used to doing something a certain way, and they don't see the need to fix it or change it right in in front of their face. Then they're just not going to do it. They're going to stay with what's comfortable, and um, until it doesn't work anymore, you know. Right. But like newspaper and retail stores and other things. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got to evolve, and it's 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 going to happen quicker you know i was just talking Absolutely. i had a, a, a two-hour meeting yesterday with someone about uh, nfts i don't know if you guys have mm. got into nfts and stuff for artists heard but a lot of mm. chat about it yeah it's like we as artists need to get on this because 
this could be game changing. You know, when it comes to Matt, you, you said someone, be, you want to be at home, you don't want to go on tour, but you still want to be in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you create something, get distribution, and get residuals on this, this creative work, yeah. um, without having to go on tour and stuff? Well, you could do that through NFTs. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's so much opportunity now, and it's like, I can't see like, Pearl Drums adopting NFTs. I'm sorry, but uh, they're still trying to figure out direct to consumer. How would that work? Like, they're them? way back. They're way, they're way. They're five years, ten years back. Let's give yeah. them some advice. How do you make NFTs for Pearl Drums? Mm. Well, I mean, dr- drummers are notorious for collecting every signature drum. So you could have it where, when um, when someone when I bought, let's say Joey Jordison uh, signature snare drum from Pearl, right. that yeah. came with an NFT. Right, and the, the the physical item and the digital NFT does, don't have to stay connected, but I think it will have more value if it is. But eventually, what was that, the NFT? The NFT could be access to specific special things, content uh-huh. related to that snare. It could be access to specific areas of their NAM booth or trade shows. Um, it could be, I don't know, man. It's like you could you could put in on any any um, things within that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what you attach to that, you just have to make sure you can deliver that service on an ongoing basis. But a lot of times, if, if your brand is big enough, the trade volume will help to support those costs, right? Good point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not like the expert on NFTs. I'm getting into it, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, don't start yeah, asking yeah. me deep questions about this. <laughs> Tell us more. I'll just say I don't know. <laughs> You've worn yeah. so many different hats that we talked about uh, throughout the entire podcast. What was the best piece of advice that you got as a drummer, as a teacher, and as a businessman? Hmm. The, the best uh, advice is just to always focus on the students. I, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you might, guys might follow him, but he, he had this one line where, like, I think it was like a... Ten, uh, is it attention is oxygen or something but for me it's like students are our oxygen so my thing is focus always on the students and how we can deliver value in their lives Mm. don't make it about us it's not about us no one's following me for because they think i'm anything uniquely special they're following me because i hopefully am delivering some value to them Mm. making their lives better you are uniquely special though Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you made him yeah, blush. So, <laughs> I like you, Matt. <laughs> Anthony, we should probably just go and let's leave these two alone. <laughs> See you guys later. Sorry, I cut you off. Please continue. No, no, I, I was done, but... I'll just finish with that. Students are oxygen to us. Yeah. Everything we do has to support the students. And that comes from Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk's content in the early days um, when he was really building up his brand. That's good advice. Yeah, wow. That's huge mm-hmm. advice. You've dropped so many gems for us today. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I don't know I if there's anybody out there listening. I mean, yeah, I know. It's always when you see the clock kind of starting to wind down, it gets a little bit sad. Yeah. Um, that was good said. <laughs> especially on these ones, yeah. But yeah, it's been amazing talking to you. I just Likewise. if there's anyone listening that is not familiar with your brands, can you just kind of shout out where people can find um, your content online? 
Uh, something happened with the audio there. Is anyone yeah, else getting I, that? We can't hear you. You completely, yeah, you completely. Oh, I thought that Sorry. was me. Are you just pretending no, and you have no too. no advice or socials? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just find me. <laughs> now we we're having some <laughs> testicle difficulties here. Speaking of special sperm. <laughs> oh, you said te- I thought I, I heard wrong. That's, oh boy. Audio, audio, folks. We can't we can't confirm that this audio is. Uh, Anything? Oh, yeah. Hey, we're back. Okay. Oh. Okay. oh, my God. Sorry, guys. Okay. That's okay. I don't know what happened. So with the magic of editing, I'm nobody will a... know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. It's, it's a different mic, so mm, it'll okay. sound a little bit different at the end. Because I had to turn this, go out, close all my windows, turn this one off, and it kept saying there's issues detected. Interesting. That's bizarre. So my, my social media is at Jared Falk Drummer. And same thing on Facebook and Instagram, and as well as TikTok. Although I'm not that active on, on TikTok, and all the other social channels are uh, are listed on the, the website. So if you can go to if you go to musora.com, you can kind of find all of all of our platforms. How do you spell Musora? M U S O R A. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. But if you spell it M U Z O R A, we have that as well. Yeah. Nice. Ah, nice smart move. business That's advisor. Smart. Okay. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny. That's amazing. Man. Awesome. Thanks well, thanks so for much. stopping by. Really, really Hopefully appreciate it. Hopefully, we see it. you in person one of these days. And thanks for all the work that yeah. you do. Thank nice. you for having me. And let's talk, chat after this about. I would love to chat more about your studio there and what you guys are doing there, because we're looking for more places to film content, and maybe there's some synergies there, mm. uh, as well as on the other side of Canada, because we don't have mm. to always fly people over, so there, true, I think true, we could work true. something out. Let's and Anthony, with booking, uh, I'd love to chat with you more about that. This Absolutely. is one of our, our weaknesses right now, and we need more output there. And so Absolutely. I'd love to chat with you. Oh, Anthony cool. books people like a beast. I don't even know how he does it, but he always gets <laughs> champion the best booker. guests, so use him. Well, I know I gotta right. say something nice about Matt. I was really trying to avoid this. Today. I'll be first. <laughs> Matt, you are, uh, you are an amazing first. engineer. You've made Ricky's voice sound quite nice on the air. So that's, that's, that's hard to do. Work. Yeah, in real life, <laughs> his voice is always cracking. Right, right, right. Cut puberty, a lot of crying. Forty again. years of puberty. Two things are hilarious. We're still recording. Forty um, years of puberty is the name of your next album. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Should be. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.